The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome to another edition of Agri-Business Innovation here on Freedom 106.5 FM. In today's exclusive, we have a very interesting company out of Israel called Stakeholder Foods. With me, we have Yair Ayalon. Yair, thank you for joining us here on Agribusiness Innovation. Thank you. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here. Now, first of all, tell me, what do you do at Stakeholder Foods? So, uh, my name is Yair, as you mentioned, and I am the VP of Business Development at Stakeholder Food. Um, we stakeholder for more than a year and a half. And at stakeholder, at stakeholder Food is a cultivated meat company, meaning we grow cells that eventually we create from those cells meat products. And our vision is to create the meat product that we all love to consume uh, without slaughter animals and to produce it under a very uh, a safe and controlled environment. And eventually, to solve one of the, the biggest uh, food security issues. So your company is the one that we keep reading about for the last couple of months that has designed a process to do 3D printed meats. Yes, th this is correct. Uh, the company founded uh, late 2019 with a vision that we want to develop the complex product, which are the stakes uh, chicken breasts, everything that is uh, contain a real texture and, and structure. And what we did, we harnessed really the best mind from the 3D printing space, from uh, HP and uh, Nanodimension, Stratasys, all of the big uh, companies. And we combined them with our uh, researchers from the biology field, and together, we developed one of the most innovative 3D bioprinter that is capable to print structured meat product in very high throughput. So in other words, we can print uh, steaks and we can print tons of steaks uh, per day. Now, when was this company first founded? So we founded on September uh, 2019. And since then, we... As a typically Israeli startup, we moved very fast and we had wonderful uh, a year uh, full of achievements. And we are very excited uh, with uh, the future of uh, meat. So what is the problem exactly with the meat industry or the meat value chain right now? Yeah, so... First of all, I, I, I would like to provide a general background. There is the traditional meat industry, the meat product that we all love and, and to consume, and there is alternatives. So we all know what is plant-based uh, meat products, such as what Beyond Meat or Impossible Foods uh, offering. And those are products that are made from plants, the protein, came from pea or soy or other kind of source. The fat uh, came from coconut or, or palm oil or other uh, uh, other kind of uh, uh, fat or, or oil. And, and this is plant-based. What we do, what cultivated uh, meat is, 
is cell-based, meaning we grow cells in our facilities. Um, so let me take you through the process just to understand what is cultivated meat, and then we can compare it to the traditional industry. So we start with taking samples from the animal, meaning we take a sample of the size of a peppercorn, uh, which contain many, 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 many cells. From those cells, we isolate mainly the stem cells. The stem cells know how to uh, uh, differentiate to any kind of cells in the body, blood cells, muscle, fat, nerve, and, and, and so on. We grow those cells in a big vessels named bioreactors. This is, by the way, the most expensive part of the process. After we have enough of biomass, we harvest the cells. Then we have many, many stem cells. We differentiate them to the main cells that comprise the, food, the meat product, which are fat and muscle. And we create meat products we developed, and this is where stakeholder is unique, we developed a 3D bioprinters. So we create from those cells bio ink. It is ink, it is the input of the printers. And we 3D bioprint them into structured product. So at the end of the process, we produce steaks, chicken breast, fish fillet, and so on. And Currently, the, the traditional meat industry is considered perhaps the second polluting industry among all industry. So it just, just to, 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 to hear some numbers, the, the traditional meat industry emits about 18% of the worldwide green gas emissions. Think about it for a moment. Only one industry emits 18%, 1-8% of the worldwide green gas emissions. If we will tackle only that point, we will do a lot of good to our environment. But besides that, there are many other uh, aspects from the uses of land and clean water, which we are talking about 30% of the clean water, uh, which uh, are used for uh, irrigation, for crops to be eaten by uh, the livestock, uh, and and lands and for and forests that we cut in order to grow more crops and more animals, we slaughter every year a few billions of animals. This is a huge number. Um, so there are a lot of problems with the current industry, and I didn't even start to talk about the animal life welfare itself. This is a very cruel process. And the animals never choose to, to be part of that process. Uh, but I think that people, honestly, less care about animal welfare because everyone today or most of the people aware of the process, people more care of the healthiness. Today, we consume meat, and it is not a secret, that is full of antibiotics, that is full of drugs. Uh, there are a lot of disease that transfer from animals to the consumers. And here we are. We we have an an alternative, alternative that will provide you as a consumer a meat product, which uh, is is produced under a very controlled environment, sterile and aseptic, without any use of antibiotics, any use of drugs, with fully digital control. So you can decide exactly what uh, uh, you're gonna print. Our printers 
are fully uh, uh, digital controlled, so we can decide decide exactly what will be the amount of fat, what will be the amount of protein, what type. This is a printers that can print any kind of species. So we can uh, uh, print at the morning fish fillets and at the evening shrimps. The, the day after we can print uh, a beef and, a, and, and, and chicken. So there are a lot of possibilities with our uh, uh, working with our machines. So just to give you another number, I know if, if, if you know that about 70, 75 of the uh, antibiotics that we produce as humanity uh, is provided to the livestock and only 25, 30% will eventually go to humans. So just thinking about the amount of antibiotics that we consume through animals, uh, it is blow mining. So you brought up a lot of good questions there, a lot of good, not questions, but a lot of good points. I want to know for the people who are listening, who are saying this is not real meat, how would you respond to that statement? That it is not real meat only on uh, at the matter that the product, the cells didn't grow inside of animal body. This is true. But ex except that, this is the same tissues, the same fibers. We know how to grow the same cells, but in a, in a, in a much better, uh, under a much better process. Uh, so if you take our steak and you co you'll compare it to a traditional steak, you will find uh, at least the same nutritional values, the same uh, uh, amino profiling, the same uh, fatty acids and, and vitamins and so on. And I say at least because we have the uh, possibility and capability to even improve it. We can, uh, we can adjust the different product uh, according to the different audience. So if you want a product that is richer with uh, some kind of fat or, or omega-3, 6, 9, and et cetera, uh, we, can, we can create it. At the beginning, the product will be a bit more simple. And I'll explain what type of product uh, we're talking about. But as time will go uh, and, and will pass, we will be able to create much more complex product uh, that will provide much uh, better values to the consumers. So cells grow within animals themselves. Animals are made up of cells and animal cells grow within the animal you're saying that you were able to duplicate that process outside mm -hmm. of the animal. So it's not artificial cells. It is actual animal cells that we will be eating. Exactly. Exactly as you uh, phrased it. Think about it. That we, we took cells from animal. We started from uh, bovine cells. Then what we did, we just mimicked the process that happened inside of the animal body, but at a better way inside of our facility. So we just took those cells and we multiply them and we uh, uh, stabilize the cells and, and basically we adjust the, the cells uh, uh, to grow in a bit, at, at a bit different way that will fit uh, our process. Just for the example, if cells like to attach to the body, they like to attach to something when they're growing. 
we uh, uh, teach the cells to grow in suspension, to grow and, and to swim in kind, in kind of a liquid and to grow uh, in suspension so we can produce uh, a lot more of, of, of cells. So if you need about 18 months to grow the average cow until slaughtering, we need about four to, to seven weeks to create a full stake. And it, it is depend on the type of products because we, we currently produce two kinds of products. And let me take you uh, uh, through those products. So the first product uh, to be launched to the market will be a product that we call ready to cook product. This is a product that is ready to cook after printing or re ready to package. Th that product is comprised from plant-based ingredients and cultivated cells. Why we use plant-based ingredient? Because the cost of uh, the cell production is very high. What is high? Few thousands of US dollars uh, per kilogram. So you can understand that it doesn't make sense today to create a 100% cultivated product. Uh, and it will take a few years today in the industry to reach to a lower cost. The, the, the cost that I'm, I'm talking about this is like the average cost of the industry. Some are higher, some are uh, even better. Uh, then the, the second generation of product is what we call the fully cultivated product. This is 100% or almost 100% pro, uh, product that, that is made from, uh, uh, from cells, meaning... Uh, let's say a bit less than 100% of the product made from cells, cells that we grow inside of our facility. So we print the product and then we have a whole cut that will go to incubator for two to four more weeks where, where uh, uh, during that period of time, the cells that we printed now connect to each other and form tissues and fibers. So at the end of the pro process, you will have a stake that is similar to the steak that we all consume today. What is the taste like compared to the one that we're accustomed to? So the taste and the, the, the three main questions, there is the taste, there is the texture, and there is the nutritional values. So taste, texture, so I think all of, all of them are pretty good and, and pretty close to the source. Uh, our printers, as mentioned, can print variety of products. Uh, we the, the two main species that we're uh, printing are beef and fish. And currently we reach to a point where some of our tasters can't really uh, determine if it is a real fish or it is a, a printed fish, uh, but to be honest, there is still development that is needed to be done. Uh, we're still looking to improve the nutritional composition uh, to create a better texture, a better taste. But we are at a, at a point that uh, our products are really good. And you know, if, if you draw kind of a line of a, a product roadmap, so there is the plant-based, some can uh, uh, criticize about the taste, even the price, the texture of the product, and, and say basically that it is not meat. It is not bad, 
but it's not meat. The first kind of product, the ready-to-cook product, those are hybrid products made from plant-based and from cells. This is a much better uh, product. This is the next level of product. This is a product that are much closer to the source, to the animal, because we really use cells of animals. So, for example, the fat cells contribute for the taste. So we need to add uh, some, some, some fat cells to significantly enhance the taste of a, of a chicken breast or a, of a steak and to take it much more closer to the source. And another advantage of the, this hybrid ready-to-cook product is that we can cut the list of ingredients compared to a plant-based product by 50%. And why is that? Because we use a real fat. We don't need the coconut and the palm, which are problematic uh, with, with other aspects from environment and, and so on. And we don't need flavors and binders and other of those things. Uh, so the even the first product that is not yet to be fully cultivated, it is much healthier than the alternative today. So then if we had the plant-based, then we had the hybrid ready to cook, and in, which is ready now, ready for commercialization. And, and in, in, in the next years, we will launch the fully cultivated product. We already printed uh, the largest steak ever printed, a bit more than 100 grams or 3.7 oz of fully cultivated beef steak. Uh, we are very proud of uh, that achievement. Uh, it was at the end of 2021, so we are now much more advanced with our capabilities to create also the fully cultivated product. But as mentioned, the business model of the company is to sell the machines, the 3D bioprinters, to supply the bio ink, uh, uh, the ink, the input of the printers. And our customer, our potential customers are meat producers, food companies, uh, or even governmental bodies that are looking to, uh, to tackle the food security. So, you know, that was one of the questions I was going to come to in that is your company a company that wants to be a meat company or is a company one that wants to be a technology solution supplier? So, so it is, it is your, second, uh, um, your, se your second point. We're a technology company. We're not a food company. We have here uh, uh, proud experts and advisors and, and consultant that help us to create the food products, but eventually our strengths is with the technology. Is It is with the printers that we have developed uh, in the past four years. Uh, we we see our, our value with the technology. And the so the business model is to collaborate with a meat producers that has much more understanding that, than us in, in food, in supply chain, production, uh, customer uh, uh, flavors, and, and, and so on. And you know, all of those things are, uh, um, are different uh, between countries, uh, country and country. So we need a local partner to help us to work with, with him and to develop the different products, to adjust them to adjust the ink, to adjust the, the, the flavors, the nutritional values, the color, the taste to the different uh, markets. Because, uh, you know, Asia, China is a different than uh, flavors than Europe, than Mexico, than the US. 
And again, we see uh, our value with the machinery. You know, I, I have friends who are vegetarians and they are vegetarians because they care about the welfare of the animals. It's not that they don't like meat. It's just that they don't want to consume something that has been hurt or killed. Would you then say that this product gives them an option? 100%. Definitely. Uh, I, I need to be honest to share that we are targeting the meat, the meat consumers. So our uh, uh, vision and our mission is to develop a product that will not be a compromise from the meat consumer. But with, with respect to vegan and, and, and all, all, all of those uh, uh, population, I can say that uh, there, is not, there isn't a real con uh, a connection between the product and a real animal. It is true that we took cells, we started from real cells, but the connection between that cell to the, to the end product, it, 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 from the animal to the end product, uh, is not exist, and and uh, it is it is it is a fact that we don't slaughter animals, we don't kill animals, we don't harm animals. We need something that is at the size of a biopsy to start the process. We currently reached to a point where our bovine cell lines, uh, the cell line are the starting point of the process. Uh, they stabilize and 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 they are immortal. So we don't need to return and take more cells from animal. It was like one off, and then from the point that we succeeded to reach, uh, we don't need to take more cells from animal. And the idea behind our process, and and it is the idea behind the whole cultivated space, I believe, is that. We are looking to develop a process that is free animal process. No use of animals, animal-derived materials within the process. I work a lot with food. I, I, I do you know, research and I develop products for, for food industries. And sometimes when we deal with meats, we get meat that is clearly diseased. And you don't know that until you've actually cut it open and you see inside. Now, what happens in many commercial places is that they would cut out any diseased parts of the animal and still sell the rest because it isn't visually diseased, those are the parts. So then does your process then allow us to clean up the, the meat source per se that we consume? So as mentioned, everything is very controlled. Think about a huge clean room or, or, or just controlled environment. So we know exactly what is the status of, of the cells, not the end product itself. Also, but the cells, the level of the cells um, and, and the, the bottom line is that we, we measure almost everything and we know almost everything. So it is, it, it has the potential to be a much more safe process. Recently, the FDA and the USDA, which are the leading uh, regulators for uh, uh, food and drug, 
they approved and they approved uh, cultivated meat to be sold under uh, the USA uh, soil for two of the American uh, leading companies from the cultivated space. And this is a very uh, big moment for the whole industry because the FDA and the USDA just claimed that uh, cultivated meat is safe to consume. And we believe that it is a matter of time until other regulators will uh, determine the same. In Singapore, uh, the SFA uh, already approved cultivated meat to be sold uh, like almost around two years ago. Now, as a manufacturer, sometimes we need things to follow specific sizes or shapes to fit within maybe a type of packaging or maybe it is to fit within a specific loaf of bread. So you're saying that with this technology, we can have meat that follows specific and precise shapes or even textures. If I need something that has a little bit more fat, we can work it in. You see that this is the solution that would allow us that level of flexibility when it comes to manufacturing. Exactly. This is the main uh, advantage with our printers, with our production machines, because we can fully design the product. So it is the shape, it is the size, it is the weight, it is the color, it is the texture, it is the nutritional composition. Uh, we, we, we can even build new kind of products. Of course, we, we produce only what we consume, unlike animals that, you know, you have bones and other parts that are waste. We can build new kind of products. And if you will visit our website, you will find a product that we call Omokasa Beef More Cells, which is a, a 3D a marbled uh, uh, beef product. It is basically layers of fat and muscle, fat and muscle, fat and muscle, which is perhaps similar to a Vagi beef. And the concept was to, to showcase that our machines can create even uh, a product that will be better for us in from, from any kind of reason. What will make more sense for the consumers? We can print it. I have a question. The size of the printing machine itself, are we talking about something that fits on a desk? Are we talking about something that's 40 feet long? What does this printing machine look like? So currently we have two kinds of, uh, of of printers, uh, two 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 type of technologies. There is what we call dropjet technology, which is which is uh, fitted to print a, a fish and seafood texture, which is which can create flakiness, fattiness of uh, of fish and seafood. And we have another uh, a technology that we call uh, fusion. The fusion technology can print uh, fibers. Uh, so it will. It is uh, more fitted to beef, chicken, porcine, etc. And we have two uh, type of of machines. One that is uh, designed to be a product development machine. It's more for R and D uses. A printers that can print uh, hundreds of uh, cuts per day. Um, and we have a commercial version of of that those printers that can print from few tons per month, uh, per, per, per one month to few tons per day. Uh, 
we have a, a printer in Israel that can print those few tons per day. And it was very important for us from the very beginning to showcase that our technology is relevant to the high throughput as well. And it is not just for R&D. So uh, currently what we offer to our uh, customers and partners are those two uh, printers, the two technologies and either R&D lab scale machine or semi-commercial machine that can print few tons per month. Uh, we, we, we have just announced this week uh, of the first strategic deal for stakeholder where we uh, partnered with uh, one of the um, governmental bodies from the Gulf countries, a uh, very big entity, uh, and we sold them uh, our uh, printers. It's a complicated deal with few faces, and it is very excited for us because uh, that was like the stamp that our technology is ready to the market, and it is a matter of time until more and more partners uh, will start to use uh, that technology. And, and this is the first deal and the first significant uh, revenue for a stakeholder. Okay, so hear me out. I, I am, uh, my mind is running in so many different directions. <clears throat> so the shark industry, a lot of times sharks are killed for their fins and then the rest of the shark is just thrown back in the water. You're saying that this solution could in the future help remedy remedy that situation because you no longer have to kill an entire shark just for the fin we can possibly just print the fin exactly exactly uh, uh you know we we need to overcome the challenge of how to grow sharks i'm, I'm not familiar with a cultivated company that grow uh, shark cells perhaps uh, there is some some someone around uh, the world uh, but theoretically it is possible Currently, we're focusing on uh, in-house, on bovine cells. And through uh, a few partnerships with other cultivated companies, we, we are uh, printing also fish and other type of uh, species. Uh, because the fact that our printers uh, uh, can print many kinds of species, uh, it makes sense for us to collaborate with other cultivated companies and to get access to more uh, cells instead of you know, develop the whole process of, of growing a, a grouper uh, cells. So for the shark question, I think that it is it is it is uh, uh, feasible, uh, and it, it will be like more of economic question, and it, it, we will tackle it, or other company will tackle it when it will make sense and it will be reasonable to uh, grow shark cells. I had someone on the show called Dr. Gary Stuti, and Dr. Gary Stuti, he worked with NASA. He has a company that does space agriculture, and they are designing the agriculture that will be used in space, yes, for astronauts and for people who will one day colonize other countries. And now one of the issues is you could only take across so much food. Will you say that this technology one day has the potential for us to be able to apply possibly on another planet for us to be able to print the foods that we need. So I think that the 
I know at least one company that al already uh, uh, grow cells uh, in space. Um, so at least from their uh, experiment, uh, it is visible. But I, I, I can talk about, I'm not a space uh, expert, but I, I can talk about the concept. The concept is that you don't need to grow the animal, you need to grow the cells. So you can, you, you can establish the same factory, perhaps in a different size in, 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 in space and to grow the cells, uh, whatever uh, and whenever you want. And this is the idea on, on Earth, to take countries, you know, why Singapore is so advanced? They're adopting the new technology because they, they have a goal to produce at least 30% of the food until 2023, 2030. And cultivated meat is exactly the solution for that because you can, you can produce uh, uh, independently the, the, the cells and create meat products without the need to export, import products. You know, Israel, for example, uh, import, import a lot of our meat products from Latin America. And theoretically, we, we will be able to stop doing so and, and create even a better product, but we can create it locally. So we can strengthen the local economy. Uh, we can uh, reduce a lot of emissions and, and, and uses of, of uh, you know, transportation and trucks and airplanes and, and so on uh, by produce in-house. Uh, and you can also think about, you know, huge countries, because Israel is a very small country, but for huge countries, you can locate those facilities uh, near the cities, so you not need to move and transport a, a meat product across the country. With climate change, stresses on our food systems, we aren't fully sure what food in what quantities will be available in the next 10, 15, 20 years. We don't know what the water is going to be like, what agriculture is going to be like. I see this as a potential way for us to bring some level of security because where we can't actually grow things outside, let's say conditions just aren't proper outside, it's too hot, there are too many storms, we can't raise cattle. This, to me, resembles protected agriculture, where we, we, once it's within a specific room that we know is, is secure, then we are guaranteed to be able to access food. Now, my next question is, what is the potential for printing a fruit or vegetable? So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is. Uh, uh, I, I, I can tell you. Uh, I can tell you something. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I'm from the business side. I do understand a lot uh, about the technology, but I study one thing uh, about the team here at Stakeholder. You need to give them a task. You need to give them a challenge, and they will. They will do it. Uh, I was very surprised to see. You know, from week to week. What, what what the team here succeed to to do, and I believe that if it will make you know sense, well, I know I'm not sure if stakeholder because it is totally out of our scope, but it is possible to print fruits. Perhaps it will not be 
the fruits the, the uh, you know it will not be the shape or or the exact fruits that we consume today and and it will be some other uh, solution that is similar but i believe it is possible i believe that printing meat it is one of it is it it, it sounds to me perhaps i'm you know I'm wrong, but it sounds to me much more complicated. Because think about it, we need to keep the cells alive during the printing process. And this is one of the things that's unique with our machine. We know how to print cells without damage the cells viability. Because there are printers that can print cells. Uh, in, in the pharma space, they print uh, tissues, skin, and, and even some, uh, um, some hearts and other uh, kind of uh, or, uh, uh, parts of the body. Um, but in order to print, uh, for example, a complicated tissue, you, you, you need, for, most of the printers are lab scale, but you need few good hours to print one tissue. We can print few tons per day uh, of, of uh, few, few tons of stakes per day so it is very uh, high throughput. When will I be able to eat my first 3D printed steak using your technology? Where, and what country, I should ask? Uh, first of all, uh, if, uh, if you uh, was visited, uh, if, 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 let's, say, let's say like this, uh, two weeks ago, we showcased our uh, fish fillet in one of the biggest uh, food conferences in New York, where we printed in real time uh, hundreds of fish cuts per day, and we serve it. Uh, we opened the kitchen, we served three different uh, dishes uh, to the visitors. So it is possible. You just need to be. Uh, you just need to be in the right place. But let's say that you're talking about commercial, uh, uh, the commercial option. Uh, the, the bottleneck of the industry today is the cost of growing the cells. It is, as mentioned, um, about uh, 10, 20 times more than the traditional meat. So it will take time for the industry to reduce the cost. The cost mainly drive from the food of the cells. The food of the cells is very expensive, and, but there is a pathway. And if 10 years ago, the first uh, a kilogram of cultivated meat cost around a million US dollar, today we're talking about few thousands. So we're much better, but it is still can be competed with few, uh, let's say around 50, 70 dollars per kilogram of beef. Uh, of course, depend the quantity, but let's say average. So it will take time. It will take, I assume, few years to reduce the cost. And we will start to see on the supermarket shelves some hybrid products. And as time will pass by, we'll start to see it more and more commercially available. And we will see also products that are uh, that, that, that made from a higher percentage of cells and lower percentage of plant-based, meaning the amount of cells in the product will go up as the cost will go down. So I, I think that you, you shouldn't uh, expect to see some product next year or even the year after. In some fine restaurants, 
indeed you can you can you can find uh, some in singapore now you can find some in uh, in the us not made from stakeholder not yet uh but uh, by the two leading american companies uh, those are great companies that are leading the space upside food and just eat and uh, i believe that in a few years from now uh, you'll be able to see more and more products on the shelves you know if if as a if if i were a chef in a very fine dining restaurant i know i would want a lot of control over the meat products that i have shape texture size the layering so i could see the applications for this for for creativity you want to create something that's unique that's yours i can definitely see the demand for this uh coming up and i mean i could see a lot of benefits coming from a product like this it's real meat uh it's just produced in a modern way using technology mm-hmm. exactly and i would say that the technology is very exciting and i could see the possibility and i don't know if you're familiar with this cartoon but there's a cartoon called jetsons and and the jetsons were a futuristic family and they would press a button and whatever food they wanted would just kind of come out so i could see this in the next 50 years maybe being a possibility in people's homes so you are at the cusp of of the future or maybe you are the future i should say um is there... we are working hard working hard to uh to create a better a better future this is the vision behind the company this is the idea behind the company to basically uh create a sustainable process to create good and tasty uh free animal uh without slaughtering uh meat products now how would you respond No, let's just say someone looks at you today and says, "Listen, I I'm still skeptical. Where can they go to get information on frequently asked questions about the products that you produce?" I believe that there is a lot of information not about not only about steakol but in general you should start with general information about what is cultivated meat what are the advantages we talk you know very briefly today uh but there is like endless amount of uh, reports and research about cultivated meat about its benefits Uh, and specifically with stakeholder you can visit our uh, media channels and the website you'll find all the relevant information uh, all of the uh, achievements and technology uh, information about the company and we are we are presenting our technology a few times a year uh, in in the, the leading uh, trade shows so it is perhaps the most uh, relevant uh, events to see the technology in action in real time to see the machines uh, you can see videos on youtube you can see videos uh, uh, on our website but in real time currently the only uh, uh, possibility is to to meet us in one of the relevant conferences or trade shows if there are any ceos of meet producing companies know who would like to get in contact with you to explore a business relationship with the company how can they start that process 
they can either just send me a direct message through LinkedIn or send a, a message through the website and we will uh, get back to them and we'll be happy to explore uh, collaborations. Uh, as mentioned, the business model is to collaborate with the exact those companies, the meat producers that are understanding uh, the future of me, they're, they're, they're seeing the, the projections uh, by all the leading companies such as McKinsey, BCG, uh, Barclays, and Jefferies, all of those uh, 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 entities saying that cultivated meat will be a significant uh, part of the traditional meat. So numbers uh, if we were talking today about 1.6 trillion US dollar market, this is the traditional meat. First of all, it's predicted to double itself it, uh, during the next 25 years. So it will reach uh, a bit more than three, three uh, trillion US dollars. And by 2040, like 15 years from now, the cultivated meat is predicted to be around 20%. Some say... Some say more, some say less, but we're talking about in not a lot of uh, years from now, uh, hundreds of billions uh, uh, market. Uh, so it is. So so we are looking to collaborate with uh, partners that are sharing the same vision to create uh, a better way to produce meat. And 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 if we use to slaughter to grow and slaughter animals for thousands of years, now we have the option to leverage the technology that is available today and to do something that is healthier, that is much more sustainable, and eventually will be also more healthy uh, uh, for the consumers. You know, with that, I think we would have covered an excellent introduction into 3D printed meats. You would have exposed us to a lot of the benefits of it. And I think that it's something exciting to look forward to. Uh, the name of the company is Stakeholder Foods. I'd encourage everybody to look at their social media channels, their website, to get a visual understanding of the conversation here today. Thank you very much, Yair, for spending time with us. It was a pleasure. I don't know if you've ever been here in the Caribbean, but we'd welcome you with open arms if you ever decide to come. And we look forward to one day speaking with you again in the next couple of years to hearing all the advancements, because I know you will make a lot. Now, Thank this you. Has, <laughs> this has been Agribusiness Innovation. Here on Freedom 106.5 FM, tune in next week for another episode. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.